Good morning, everybody. Merry Christmas Eve. Let us begin our worship with number 133, I Then Shall Live. worship this morning. Good morning. Morning. <clears throat> Call to worship this morning is Psalm 57, verses 1 to 5. Be merciful unto me, O God, be merciful unto me, for my soul trusteth in thee, yea, in the shadow of thy wings will I make my refuge until these calamities be overpassed. I will cry unto God most high, unto God that performeth all things for me. He shall send from heaven and save me from the reproach of him that would swallow me up. Selah. God shall send forth his mercy and his truth. My soul is among lions, and I lie even among them that are on fire, even the sons of men, whose teeth are spears and arrows, and their tongue a sharp sword. Be thou exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let thy glory be above all the earth. Amen. Amen. And that's life. Um, there's a mixture out there, but... God is always God, and he's always with us. 
in fact, let's sing this song, which is just right for Christmas Eve, number 218, Thou Didst Leave Thy Throne. is the real spirit of Advent. Uh, We look back at his first coming, but what we're really looking for is his second coming, where we're all gathered into the new heavens and the new earth after the last judgment. Let us pray. Lord God, we've gathered here this morning to worship you on this day, which is the fourth Sunday of Advent, as well as Christmas Eve. And we thank you so much that you came to earth to redeem whoever will uh, believe, whoever is um, hearing my words and believing in the one who sent me. That one has life starting now and forever. So we want to worship you. We desire to worship you. Lord, set our hearts on you. Block out all distractions and help us to really understand the amazing, amazing thing that happened when you became flesh in order to save us. Save us, first of all, from our sins and from all of our enemies. We pray in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. And now, if you'll take your bulletin inserts, uh, let us pray our prayer of confession. O most great, most just, and gracious God, you are of purer eyes than to behold iniquity, but you have promised mercy through Jesus Christ to all who repent and believe in him. Therefore, we confess that we are sinful by nature and that we have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. We have neglected and abused your holy worship and your holy name. 
we have dealt unjustly and uncharitably with our neighbors. We have not sought first your kingdom and righteousness. We have not been content with our daily bread. You have revealed your wonderful love to us in Christ and offered us pardon and salvation in him. But we have turned away. We have run into temptation and the sin that we should have committed, we have committed. Have mercy upon us, most merciful Father. We confess you alone are our hope. Make us your children and give us the spirit of your Son, our only Savior. Amen. And we have these words from the Apostle John that if we confess our sins, as we have just done, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. What a wonderful promise. And now let us uh, sing two songs. Uh, First, number 213, Away in a Manger, and then number 210, I Wonder as I Wander. Jesus, Jesus. 
God's word this morning. Scripture this morning is from St. Luke 1 and Psalm 113. And his father Zacharias was filled with the Holy Ghost and prophesied, saying, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people, and hath raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant. David, as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath which he sware to our father Abraham, that he would grant unto us that we being delivered out of the hand of our enemies might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. And thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people by the remission of their sins, through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us, to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. And the child grew and waxed strong in spirit and was in the deserts, till the day of his showing unto Israel. This is Psalm 113. Praise ye the Lord. Praise, O ye servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. From the rising of the sun unto the going down of the same, the Lord's name is to be praised. The Lord is high above all nations, and his glory above the heavens. Who is like unto the Lord our God, who dwelleth on high, who humbleth himself to behold the things that are in heaven and in the earth? He raises up the poor out of the dust, and lifteth the needy out of the dunghill, that he may set him with princes, even with the princes of his people. He maketh the barren woman to keep house, and to be a joyful mother of children. Praise ye the Lord. Amen. Amen. Yes, indeed. So now, um, let us go to prayer. Sovereign Lord, we praise you 
for your great love and mercy. And we thank you for sending your son to us in human flesh and blood through a human virgin named Mary to show us your great love and mercy by how he lived among us and how he still lives among us in his spirit-filled church. We admit that it is hard to live for you among all the immorality, violence, and chaos of this world. So we pray you will help us to always remember that Jesus has overcome the world. And if we are in him, we will share in his victory. And by faith, know that he will give us something tailored for us alone to aid him in preparing for his day of victory. And when we are tempted to criticize those living in darkness and the shadow of death, please help us to pray for them and ask you what we can do to share your life-giving, life-changing love and mercy with them. And please help us to be continually grateful in the Holy Spirit and live in his ninefold fruit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Because we have received the work of salvation that your son, the Savior, did. And he is the Lord of our lives, which we have surrendered to him in thanksgiving. Jesus, you are the light of the nations, and you have brought people of many nations to our country and even to our county. So please help us to know them and share the light of life that is in you, Lord Jesus. And we pray for our joint service tonight with the Haitian Nazarene Church. May we encourage one another to a deeper understanding and faith in Jesus, our Savior. And for our church family, Lord, we pray for Allie and her family, and Peter, Linda, Billy, and their family. We pray for Ken. We pray for Rob. Father, we pray for Christine and we pray for Elin, each of whom is going through different kinds of difficulties in this life right now. May they know the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ and may they uh, experience his love and may they have his joy in all circumstances. And Father, we pray for John. We pray for his um, health. We pray for his family, especially this will be their first Christmas without Pat. Father, we pray for um, Sally and Jimmy. And Father, we lift up a prayer for Al. Um, We know just how much he is missing Carol. All of her family is missing her. And again, this will be their first Christmas without her. And we know that her faith was really an anchor for that family. So please, by grace, give each and every member of that family more faith. And Father, please, please help me to explain, interpret, and apply your word correctly. I didn't think there was all that much in this passage until I sat down and you really gave me a few things that are pretty cool on Thursday and Friday. So I pray that we will all be um, more in awe of you and more grateful for the wonderful salvation in Jesus. And now we come together with one heart and one voice, praying the prayer Jesus gave for his disciples. Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
And now, let's see, we will sing number 215, O Hearken Ye. love for everyone if everyone could just receive it. Well, now let us do our responsive reading for the um, love which is God with us candle. But now, thus says the Lord, your creator, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they will not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be scorched, nor will the flame burn you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I have given Egypt as your ransom, Cush and Seba in your place. Since you are precious in my sight, since you are honored and I love you, I will give other men in your place and other peoples in exchange for your life. Do not fear, for I am with you. I will bring your offspring from the east and gather you from the west. Amen. And that was the promise to his people Israel, but it's been expanded now to all who are in Jesus. So now we will light the uh, four candles uh, culminated by the love candle. First is hope. Then comes peace, joy, the wick is there it goes. And now the love candle, the amazing, wonderful love of God in Jesus. Amen. Well, for over 2,000 years,
people have been inventing ways to do evil. You see, the law of entropy is relentless. Namely, entropy is when left without help, everything gets more and more chaotic. And people who are paying attention to all that is happening in the world struggle to overcome feelings of despair and hopelessness. So where? Where is hope? People want hope. Well, this is hope. God sent his son to this earth as a baby boy some 2,000 years ago. He came as the prince of peace to bring joy to all who receive him by faith. Ask God's gift to humanity that is struggling with chaos that results from evil. Why did God do this? Well, he did it because of his amazing love. His love for humanity. It is his desire that all who are humbling himself before him, um, that he would show to them mercy. Okay? Mercy is flowing out of God's love. And what is mercy? Quite simply, mercy is when people do not receive the punishment that they deserve for their failure, their failure to do what is right according to God. But instead, they choose the evil that their darkened hearts desire. So on this fourth and last Sunday of Advent, we look at God's love through the prophecy given by Zechariah, Zechariah, which means remembered of Yahweh, on the day when his son was circumcised, his son whose name is actually Yohanan, meaning Yahweh's grace, shortened to John in English. And Zechariah describes the incarnation, the taking on of a human body of God's son. Then he speaks of redemption, salvation from enemies, and worship to God of God. All who do this have his covenant presence with them. It's renewed and they receive his mercy. And then our psalm reminds us that the very highest God is looking down in order to lift up the poor and the needy. So now let's look at our passages in more detail on this fourth Sunday of Advent. We'll start in Luke. And the bulk of what Zechariah's um, praise is, is he's praising or blessing God because he came to do mercy by delivering people from enemies to worship him. And his son will be the prophet to give the knowledge of the pardon of sins through God's tender mercy. So the first part is Zechariah directed to God and he's inspired to bless the God of Israel for coming to redeem his people and do mercy, delivering them from enemies to worship him. That's what God has done in Jesus in a nutshell. So Luke starts and and sets the stage for this speech. He says, and Zechariah, his father, was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied. Now, lots of things happen when a person is filled with the Holy Spirit, and God could choose people under the Old Covenant any time he wanted to. Sometimes it's for service. Sometimes it was for building the tabernacle or assisting in worship. But sometimes God gives words to a prophet to speak to other people. And this is what he said. Blessed be Lord God of Israel that he has visited and he made redemption to the people of him and he raised up a horn of salvation to us in the house of David, his servant. So he blesses God for three reasons here. First, he has visited his people in human form, although at this time he's still in Mary's womb. He won't be born for another four months. Secondly, 
By this, he has made redemption for his people. He will die on their behalf as a human. That was to be discovered later, but that was a prophetic word. And third, he has raised up salvation in the powerful, eternal king from David's line that he spoke of through the prophet Nathan. In other words, the Messiah, the anointed king. He continues, Zechariah, as he spoke through the mouth of his holy prophets from the beginning, salvation from our enemies and from the hand of those hating us. Okay, ancient prophets. If you read scripture carefully and it's in the Psalms and it's hidden in other places, Abraham himself was a prophet. In fact, when the Pharaoh had taken Abraham's sister, so to speak, um, the Lord spoke to him and said, give, give her back to Abraham. That's his wife. And then he'll pray for you because he's a prophet. Moses was a prophet. You have the big three, Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Ezekiel, and then the 12, which are all lumped together in Hebrew scripture. We call them the 12 minor prophets. And what God does is he saves his people from their enemies, that is both physical and spiritual. You see, there are spirits and there are people that don't know God who hate anyone who belongs to God because they hate God. Okay, here, here's the purpose of all of this. Zechariah continues, to do mercy among our fathers and to remember his holy covenant. Now, do mercy among the fathers. I found a very interesting passage in Deuteronomy. It's seven verses, but I can take the key words out of it this way. Just before they crossed the Jordan, Moses reminded Israel that because of Yahweh's mercy and covenant with their fathers, first of all, he took them out of Egypt with signs, wonders, and a mighty hand that they would know him. And because of his love for their fathers, he chose them, their descendants, the descendants of the fathers. Did you hear love and mercy and salvation all coming together here? This is love, people. Salvation comes from God's mercy. He does not want to punish us as our sins deserve. But to remember the covenant and God's covenant with his people is quite simply this. And I gave you four times it's repeated word for word like this. He is their God. They are his people. There's this mutuality of relationship. And the best passage is Ezekiel. So I put it on our bulletins this morning. So here's our first application this morning. And really... We should examine ourselves, as the Apostle Paul said, and we should always be asking ourselves this question. We must be sure, 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 sure that we are in a covenant relationship with the merciful God. And if we have any sins, we should confess them and make sure we stay close to God in that relationship. He's our God. We're his people. Zechariah continues, the oath which he swore to Abraham, our father, to give to us this without fear. That's a key word. From the hand of our enemies having been delivered. Okay, continuing the main point. Without fear, to worship him by serving. The word means both. I'll get to that in a minute. But Yahweh's oath to Abraham was to give him many descendants and through one particular descendant, as Paul points out in his letters, to bless all nations on the earth. It's best stated in Genesis 22, which expands on Genesis 12. And this one descendant, it is Jesus. And what is the gift? The gift is to continually worship the covenant God by serving him without being afraid of being harmed by any enemy. Now, I need to qualify this because we know that tens of thousands, maybe millions of Christians are being persecuted and a Christian is being killed in... um, 
Um, in Africa, I forget the nation now starts with an N, but every two hours a Christian is killed. That's not what he's talking about harm. It's not a guarantee of physical life. But as Jesus said, they will kill some of you, but not a hair of your head will be harmed because nothing will break our relationship with God and Jesus, and we are always with them. Think of what Luther said, the body they may kill. That's not the worst fate. And then he he wraps up his praise to God and his blessing to serve him with worship in piety and righteousness all our days. So he's anticipating the gift of people being made new through the faith of Jesus in his death on the cross for our sins and his resurrection to give us new life. And then after Jesus sent the gift of the Holy Spirit on the first Pentecost, all people may live in his presence all the time being made holy, righteous by grace through faith. And now Zechariah, remember his son has uh, just been circumcised. He turns to his son's role in all of this. His son will be a prophet of the highest, making ready his way to give knowledge of the pardoning of sins through God's tender mercies. So, Zechariah addresses his child, but thou also, child, prophet of the highest, thou will be called. John will be the singular prophet or messenger sent ahead to prepare the way for the strong Savior from David's line. That's from the book of Malachi chapter 3, as you may know. By the way, Malachi means my messenger in Hebrew to give the knowledge of salvation to his people in the pardon of their sins because the tender mercy of our God will visit us, the dawn of salvation from on high. So first of all, um, God's people will know they have been pardoned or forgiven of their sins because the dawn of salvation in this instance, from sin, has visited them from heaven, from on high. Now, the word tender mercy is plural. It's pretty hard to put that into English as plural. But it means that God is full of mercy. Literally, the word means in the bowels, but figuratively, it means from the very depth of God's heart. It's at the bottom of his heart. It fills his heart. It overflows God's heart. This is because, Zechariah saying this, he has visited people as a person conceived by the Holy Spirit in a virgin woman. So, here's another thing for us to consider. This is for us even today. Um, at Christmas time and throughout the year, May we experience God's deep in his heart mercy and take joy that our sins are forgiven in Jesus. This is God's love, salvation coming from his mercy, and it's all in Jesus. Now, the second half that we're going to consider this morning is what happened, uh, the last benediction that he gave about John, John's growth. So, uh, and then we'll look at the psalm. God appears to guide those in darkness and death to peace. That's why it's very easy to get angry at the immoral people in this world, but they don't know any better. They're in darkness. They're in death. They need God's peace. And Also, according to the psalm, he is to be eternally and universally praised because on high he lifts up those who are poor and needy. So let's finish the Luke account. Zechariah concludes, and John will be the forerunner of this, to appear to them who in darkness and the shadow of death are sitting. So remember, he had just talked about the dawn of salvation. This will appear in Jesus to people sitting in the darkness and death of sin. And remember, sin is the greatest enemy of the human soul. 
We can talk about, you know, the accuser of the brethren, all the fallen demons. We can talk about the powers of this world. But really, deep down, our biggest enemy is our own sin nature. So, um, he goes on and says, all of this, his appearing and everything, is to guide our feet in the way of peace. So the purpose of this eternal and powerful Messiah King from David coming and appearing to God's people in human flesh and blood is to guide them into the way of peace even when all appears darkness and death. And I can't believe I'm preaching this line this year. Let us all pray that God will use us so people will be given the experience of peace in darkness and death, even with all that is happening in the world, all that is happening between Israel and Hamas in Gaza this Christmas time, Jesus is still the Prince of Peace, and he gives that peace that passes all understanding. And Zechariah here is absolutely being a prophet. He's anticipating the result of the cross and the resurrection, which is still 30 years or more in the future. But the Holy Spirit has let him know that the plan of the merciful God, it's been set in motion. Nothing can stop it. Nothing did. Nothing has stopped it. And then... Zechariah is done with his speech, but Luke gives us a little historical note. And the child, that's John, was growing and being made strong in spirit, and he was being in the wastelands until the day of his public appearance to Israel. So Yohanan grew to adulthood in the wastelands of the Judean wilderness. But he was being made strong in his spirit to play his role in God's plan of salvation. So let us people, let us all realize that by God's loving grace and his mercy, we too must, must be growing spiritually strong in the wasteland of our world today so that we may prophetically announce in God's love the salvation that is in the Savior King, Yeshua HaMashiach, who personifies God's mercy. This is love. God's salvation comes from his mercy. Now let's turn to the psalm, and it's a fitting complement to what we've just considered. To sum it up, Yahweh's name is to be praised always and everywhere because being seated on high, he looks down to lift up poor and needy people. So I'm going to do it line by line um, with what they did with the Psalter, the Puritans, as close as a literal translation as I can. You all must praise Yah. You all must praise servants of Yahweh. You all must praise the name of Yahweh. It will be the name of Yahweh being blessed from now into eternity. So, what's going on here? There's a triple command to praise the covenant God, and it's directed to those who are his servants, okay? I'm going to flip the coin over now. People who are only serving themselves cannot possibly praise God. And this is for all time, from this very present in which we're living all the way through all eternity. He is to be praised and blessed. Back to the psalm. From the rising of the sun, and this is often translated east, and that's what it means, until it's going down, often translated west. It is being praised the name of Yahweh. So, Yahweh is also to be praised everywhere on the surface of the earth and every single time zone, just continually from east to west to east to west. Continuing, the psalm says, He is being high above all nations, Yahweh. 
above the heavens his glory. You know, and we use the word glory, and I think I know what it means, but I looked up a few synonyms that express glory in more depth. It includes God's honor, God's reputation, and the one that I was most familiar with, his splendor. He is splendid. He is amazing. He is wonderful. The psalmist continues with some rhetorical questions. Who is like Yahweh our God? The one being um, exalted on high to dwell. He's over all of his creation. The one making himself humble to look in the heavens to the earth. So right through the heavens, right down to the very surface of the earth. So this unique and exalted God dwells above his creation, yet he becomes humble. This is part of his glory in order to look through the heavens so that he closely observes all that is happening on earth. Think of Psalm 139. The psalmist continues, he is causing to be risen from the dust, the poor. From the ash heap, he will lift the needy. He causes them to sit with princes, with the princes of his people. No one, no one is more concerned for the welfare of the poor and needy than the covenant God. It probably would have taken me 20 minutes to find half of the verses in Scripture. So you'll see it over and over again in your Bible readings. But there's one last uh, application I want to make. You know, too often, I think in America, we think of ourselves as the ones who are always the helper and all oh, the poor people here and there. Uh, I'm just going to throw this in. Uh, I heard from the seminary that people in the materially poorest countries in the world, and some of them come to the seminary, they pray for us because our wealth is keeping us from being as close to God as we should be. So we must learn to see ourselves as poor and needy spiritually so the triune God will lift us up too because the whole point of this psalm is God lifts up the needy, the lowly. And then he raises them up and lifts them so they will sit with those humanly considered to be of nobility or of higher rank. But to God, they are all one in him. And this is foreshadowing, and this was long before Jesus came, the unity of the church of Jesus Christ, as Ephesians describes it. And then there's one last little beautiful line. He causes to abide the barren woman of the house, the mother of children joyful. And then he closes the psalm as he begins it with a command. You all must praise Yah. Now, listen to this. It's important. Yahweh can and often does make who or what is barren to be fruitful. You can look at Psalm 107, and towards the end, it describes how God takes a desert wasteland and turns it into a garden. And then, both in Isaiah 54 and quoted by Paul, he says, Rejoice, O barren woman who never bore children. And that's a reference to Israel, who was supposed to evangelize the whole world and bring the Torah of God to everybody and failed miserable. Um, many will be your children. And those who have found their way into God's church in Jesus, they are bearing many children. There's many ministries of Messianic Jews. It's for all of us. So we don't have to live barren lives when we're in Jesus Christ because of God's love and mercy. Let me wrap it up. God has come to deliver people from their enemies to worship him. We have that privilege. Through his tender mercy, he pardons people's sins and guides those sitting in darkness and death to peace. And he is worthy of praise because from on high he sees the poor and needy and he lifts them. 
love. Love is that salvation comes from God's mercy. We do not have to get the punishment we deserve because of Jesus Christ and Christmas. Let us um, sing for our final song, talking about going out and proclaiming it. 216, go tell it on the mountain. from 1 Corinthians. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are, so no human being might boast in the presence of God. He is the source of your life in Christ Jesus, whom God made our wisdom, our righteousness, and sanctification and redemption. Therefore, as it is written, quoting Jeremiah, let him who boasts, boast of the Lord. Everything that we are that is really good and lasting is because we are in Jesus Christ. All praise and glory be to him. And uh, I know we sang this last week, but this is a great little Christmas chorus, so we're going to sing Ring the Bells again, number 203.
go.